0: Hello and oh yeah! Hello and welcome to that business podcast. I'm Caleb Tanner, entrepreneur slash financial consultant, and I'm here with uh,
1: Corey Bortree, designer and uh, sign consultant.
0: So today, for like for today's episode, I thought it'd be good to kind of like talk about well, really how we got our clients, and the reason I thought it'd be interesting to talk about is that we did it in very different ways. I think like most of the, the people that you've worked with. If I'm correct, are people that you've met in real life, right?
1: Um, in many cases, oftentimes, uh, word of mouth is the best way to kind of, uh, you know, get people in the sign industry. But it just kind of depends.
0: I'm about to say, like, for me, it's like um, most people that I've worked with through, like, you know, different business projects, or you know, now what I'm doing, which is, you know, financial consulting, are people that I've never met in real life and probably never will meet in real life. You know, it's people that I've met online, like social media has kind of been the way that I've generated business where, I mean, it's like you use social media too, but for you, when I understand, it's more of like people I've met in real life who've connected you with other people. And it's it's kind of like a different method of like marketing, I guess.
1: Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, most most of the stuff we do is going to be word of mouth. Um, somebody walks in, somebody comes in for a quote. Uh, I actually <laughs> had this whole conversation with uh, with someone the other day. They said we need a we need to make sure that you know we're you know showing these people all this presentation and stuff. And I'm like, well, if they don't need a sign, why'd they come to the sign shop? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, obviously if they walk into your thing of business. They have to expect to be sold to.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, listen, you know what you want. I know you want something. So why not? Why don't you not? Why don't you not ask me to like give you a uh, catalog? And why not you actually tell me what you want? and I can price that. Like there has been this, I have had this case before where, you know that that happens. Now sometimes it's because the client doesn't know what they want. That that's where it can get a little interesting because that's where. Um, that's where we actually really shine as the business cause, um, a lot of what you're paying for from the sign shop is not so much the sign or even the business cards or anything like that. You are paying for the risk you're, you're paying for the lack of risk on your part and you're paying for us to take the risk and you're paying for us to use our competence to your advantage. Um, you know, the other day something went wrong and a business card came printed upside down.
0: Oh if wow! Had gone
1: through someone else, or if somebody had gone online and handled it themselves. They would have been just out of luck. That's how those businesses work. Is look, if you print something wrong, it's your fault. You signed a paper and approved it. Well, I looked at I looked at that and I said, Oh, okay, yeah. And we handled that, and the customer walked away happy with the business cards because they paid you know, up front a little bit more than they could probably find online somewhere. But the thing is, I did all the work for it, and I took the risk, and I ate it a little bit whenever um, the mistake was made on our part. So when people are kind of coming into the sign shop and just expecting kind of be helped like that, then our kind of way we build that relationship is via just showing competence and able to actually have those conversations and build those relationships up personally.
0: i see say that's really interesting. Do you do any kind of, like, um, marketing for it, like in, you know, the online sense, like digital sense?
1: Honestly, because the nature of the business is the way it is, um, the business has grown to the point that it's at, which I I think we're we're on track to do one and a half million this year. Yeah. It's all been via word of mouth and just, you know, location and uh, having a couple articles in the newspaper about us over time, but, like, it's almost all um it's almost all organic
0: that's amazing Well, especially in like the you know location everything too there's Uh, only isn't like two other like sign shops would be like your competition so
1: yeah you have um you have bean signs which i can't say anything bad about them they're great guys they all do good work and uh we compete with them a lot they like doing a lot of flea graphics and stuff which is something we've been doing more of so they're definitely, you know, our strongest competition, and we, you know, we enjoy them. We don't, you know, there's plenty of business to go around, so we try and, you know, keep everything friendly. We try and, you know, have conversations with them. Obviously, in our case and in his case, we're always watching each other because we don't want to be caught surprised, but um, in general, those are two, it's Tree Signs and Bean Signs in Ashboro, and those are the two big names in Randolph County. And then there's a third one called Signs by Mike. Yeah. And, again, nothing against those guys. Um, they charge really, really low, though. Like, they effectively lowball everything.
0: Is that the kind and, of, like, business plan, just, like, undercut the market?
1: Yeah, that's kind of their strategy. Now, the good news about that is for us is they're not exactly seen as credible because they've moved around quite a few times. I think they've kind of stabilized, but, you know, I don't hear much from them. And they, they do good. I don't. I have not heard any horror stories from like their clients and stuff. But also, I've not met a lot of people who say, "Oh yeah, I used to work with my uh, with you know signs by Mike." So, again, that's just because they're they're a third party and they're a little smaller than the other two. In fact, um, the Armed Forces uh, Recruitment Center, you know, I think quoted with us being signed and like a couple others before they even found. I don't even think they found signs by Mike. So.
0: What's well, actually interesting because. I mean, like, undercutting by price seems like such a smart strategy to do, but it actually isn't. There was a company that started making smart watches, and that was kind of their whole strategy. They are like, we'll just make the watches a lot cheaper than, you know, the Samsung watch or the Apple watch. And that's how they've gone into business, and they weren't selling anything. So then they made the price equal to the price of, you know, the Samsung watch and the Apple watch, and they started selling because people that viewed the watch before that, the other price, just thought it was cheap so by seeing the other price they're like oh it's an actual good watch like people really don't just want or for the most part don't just want a lower price which is actually really an interesting theory
1: Absolutely I think uh, I've noticed that undercutting is often a terrible idea in an industry unless, you know, there are circumstances where it's not. But what I have seen is if you see something and you're like, Oh, but the cost is this, which means I could get into this industry and charge half of what this guy's charging and it'll be fine. Yeah, no, there's usually a reason they're charging twice that much. Like whether it just be the crap you have to go through to place an order with your supplier,
0: yeah.
1: Maybe you're actually just having to charge a little more in case something does come printed upside down. Like, there's things where you have to hedge your bets. And not to mention, you have to pay for a company's rent. You have to pay for employees. There are things where you might not notice on the top hand. Also, if you're paying an employee $15 an hour legally and they're on payroll, you're paying more than $15 an hour for that employee because you have to have insurance on them. You have to have quite That's a bit extra fees on that so whenever people say oh well you know i'm only getting this much an hour man my boss is actually stealing a lot from me and everything it's yeah they don't understand how much overhead there is like um
0: that's true they can play about salary but also have like health insurance 401k matching like, that's a lot of extra like money going towards them
1: absolutely like uh basically without um without giving away too much um our company's
0: overhead is between thirty dollars and $50,000. Really?
1: Yeah, per month. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I've kind of uh, narrowed it down to where even with uh, you know our highest margin items, if we don't make at least $3,000 per day, and that's uh, in sales, Yeah. Uh, we lost money that day. That's really interesting. So... You know, there's a ton of overhead that goes into running a business, but that's also, that's where it comes into is, you know, what you get when you, you know, come to there. When What you get when you go in and talk to us is that uh, you get somebody who's selling you credibility, who's, you know, building that credibility for you and actually, you know, gives it to you worry-free. You know, you're you're paying for peace of mind. That's what people, yeah. you know, misunderstand, I think, whenever they're like, oh, I can undercut this. Yeah, you can undercut it. Like, people aren't going to have that peace of mind.
0: That's a good point. It's not like an actual... Like, if something does go wrong, it's really hard to get in touch with the actual people and actually get it fixed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's uh, there's reasons that it's better to be the premium in the market. And, uh, yeah, like, being the premium in the market is never a bad thing.
0: Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed when I was, you know, back in college and I was trying to do, like, freelance marketing is that was kind of my strategy at first just to be cheap because my goal is to get as much experience as possible and i'm not saying it's like that's necessarily a bad strategy like i always tell people when they start off if they do like free marketing like build up an actual like portfolio but it's like when you like you know it's undercutting the actual people and i noticed that when i did that people looked at me as someone that was you know unexperienced that like it basically gave them reason not to work with me because of, like, undercutting, which was surprising. And then when yeah. I did start, like, pricing fairly, I did a lot better.
1: It would be better to charge a premium and do the first one for free than it would be to charge too low a rate.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. That's the thing. If you can offer them something free so they can still see that the work is good and then, you know, off, like charge a higher rate... Yeah so that's definitely a lot better than just doing cheaper because they look at that as they basically look at that it's like oh so we're not going to get good like you know you get what you pay for Yeah no absolutely
1: it's um yeah what you pay for you know is really in there and it goes into that is if you're charging too little you are um not you're not you're not going to actually have that credibility that you need to be able to grow a business
0: yeah that's definitely true definitely true i say the way i got clients myself was a lot different than you know how you do it like really i mean i had an advantage because you know back in college i kind of it's funny because it ended up going so much differently but I originally started a blog because I wanted to compete with Forbes and Business Insider and write about business news. Now that was my whole entire strategy and that's what I did at first. Like if you look at my early blog post, it was all what was currently happening with the business world. And then I started writing about my own businesses and business projects and kind of shifted more that way because those perform better and that's what I like doing more. So my blog became more about my actual business life instead of just business news but I basically built social medias around that blog in my business life so when I go to launch different businesses you know as an entrepreneur like now recently with me like starting a financial education company instead of like going out there and doing you know outreach to find clients I just go to my current market base that I built through my blog that's in a similar level of interest than what I'm selling and I get my first clients that way and then expand a little bit because I can afford to. But it's interesting, like, the kind of difference. Like, all of my clients are people that, well, for the most part, are people that I've never met in real life and probably never will. And just people that know me as someone on social media. Which is obviously completely different from y'all who don't really do much digital marketing at all.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I see where it's like for yours, yours is more um you've built a you've built an audience and then oftentimes sold to that audience rather than in our case we built a clientele from like personal relationships and sales over time.
0: And it's not even necessarily that I have a necessarily big audience either. I just have an audience that I can easily connect with. And also like I noticed that, you know, a lot of the business projects I do I kind of got the idea from my clients itself. Like, you know, with right now where I'm doing, you know, financial education, I know a lot of people, because they see, you know, what I write about and they see, you know, what I you know, tweet and post about, ask me for advice on how to, like, start investing. So it's something I already noticed was a problem that I needed to fix from them asking me to fix it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I, um... I could definitely see the value in that. I remember when I was uh, starting Carolina Conservatives, I um, I actually ran a poll and asked people what they wanted. And um, some people wanted an email newsletter. Some people wanted an actual, like, texted newsletter. So there's certain information you can get from that and, you know, ideas. And that was, like, through an actual poll. But honestly, just interacting with your, uh, you know, audience is a great way to build that up. Um, you know, and one, the one thing about that is – one one other way that I've done sales, uh actually like gotten clients was with uh, Carolina Conservatives. I ran Facebook ads to a specific community that I knew would like the product, and I used Amazon affiliate links from that, um, you know, as a launchpad for that.
0: That was one thing that um, I did was I, um, you know, I wrote a blog post with you know different affiliate links in there, like for investing apps. And then instead of like running Facebook ads, I posted it in Facebook groups that were built around the subject that I was talking about and then had their audience go to my blog and interact with the ad. Because one could easily, and this is what most people that do that go into affiliate marketing, like let's say they were teaming up with Acorns Investing Ad, which is someone that I get referrals from, and they ran ad just for Acorns with their referral link on there. Then everyone sees it, you know, they see it as an ad. They don't really go on... They, they it, it doesn't necessarily work that well. But when they see a post on Facebook talking about something they're interested in, and when they click it, they see not only the actual ad itself, but also like through the post itself reason to buy it, they're more likely to actually become customers for that.
1: Absolutely, especially if you've built that trust up over time.
0: And it's like, like When I run ads, it's never... Or when I run ads, I never run the ad for what I'm trying to sell. I run an ad for something else that ends up selling them.
1: Right. Yeah, that sound, that sounds like it'd be extremely effective. Have you have you seen a lot of success with that?
0: I have, but also not even in just that category itself, but if I run an ad, you know, through my blog, like even if they don't end up signing up for, you know, for example, acorns, it's still not a Failure as an ad because you know, they might subscribe to the blog itself Which means I'll have more opportunities to sell to them in the future where if you run an ad Just with like, you know, the acorns link that doesn't work. That's it. You lost all opportunity you had to make them a customer Whereas if they actually you know do interact with the blog like it, you know Let's say follow your Facebook page or just end up subscribing to the actual blog itself You keep that in inter- opportunity, but now you're not paying to do it anymore because they're already there
1: Hmm. Right. No, I could definitely see that being an effective, um, an effective strategy for that.
0: Now, that's kind of my current idea is to get as many people subscribe to the blog as possible because when you subscribe to your email every time I post anything, it's directly emailed to you. And if you get that, not only does it make my numbers better and let's, you know, WordPress, for instance, like, push the content further, but it also just gives me a market to freely market to which is i think that should be the goal for all digital marketing like obviously you know a lot of people use it to direct people to you know different like websites or stores or buy certain products but i think if you use it to gain followers that's a much better strategy because now you have an entire audience you can freely market to
1: absolutely that's um that's why, um, because of the position the sign company is in right now, you know, we are in pretty good standing. So once we basically, because as I said before, we were handling a serious embezzling issue. Yeah. Now that the holes are plugged and we you were able to bail the water, um, I was able to actually act with what I had from
0: my degree at Campbell. Yeah, and I was able to run the
1: numbers and take a look and do some math and see how much we actually had to invest into the future of the business. So one way that I'm actually looking at investing, and this is in the kind of the same way it's in changing the way we get clients.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you're talking about having a free audience and you know, it's like, how do you do that for a physical? you know, business that has a storefront that, you know, talks with local people and only is really good for local business. Like it wouldn't make sense for us to run a national campaign and have a national following because we can only drive probably about two hours effectively, 12 hours for a big job. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, those, you know, if you're talking about, at that point, you're talking about doing a full businesses, you know, big pile on sign and the sign, like several signs on the building, all with the channel letters. And you'd be talking about like a hundred thousand dollar job for us to go out of state for Yeah, exactly. You know, you're talking about having to actually have people to market to locally. My idea is to start investing in physical advertising around uh, the city and counties and, you know, eventually the state
0: because
1: at that point, we're actually able to charge more as a billboard company than other billboard companies because we could do our printing and stuff in-house.
0: That's smart, yeah.
1: When somebody's not renting it, we can then sell it and use that for, um, we can actually just, while we're selling the billboard space, we can use it to run our own ads. <laughs> like, yeah. it's free advertising.
0: One thing I really like about digital marketing is like, you know, think about this for a second. Like you yourself have a certain market that you have to reach. Like you could put up like billboards or like television ads that center just around the local area. But most of the people seeing that advertisement are people that would never be interested in what you're selling, but like they don't need the sign themselves with like not business owners. You know, you have to target not only people in that area, but also business owners and people that are buying those products. So like through Facebook ads or you know, other social medias too, but Facebook is definitely the best ad. it. So we'll say through Facebook ads, you can not only make it where just people in the areas that you sell to see the ad. you can also make it where just those people in the area see the ad that are interested in you know particular topics. So only business owners in the area you're selling to see the ad instead of having you know so many people see the ad but only 13% be your target market itself right no, digital advertising definitely has potential even for local businesses for certain. Yeah, because you can center. I'm not sure exactly. I know with Facebook and Instagram, you can center it on the particular like local area. Like right now, I could go on Facebook, set an advertisement, and only target people in my city if I wanted to, which I wouldn't, because you know, is what I'm selling. Anyone in the United States could buy it, but yeah, I could actually center it on my specific location.
1: Right. Now, uh, and something about that, by the way, and talking with um, a local, somebody I was talking with about the sheriff's race, um, talking about, you know, what we could do to kind of combine stuff together. Um, we now have the ability because more people, especially even even older people, have switched to streaming services like, um, oh, I forget, I think it's called Sling TV is actually really big among the older generations.
0: Yeah, that's probably right
1: we now have the ability to run an ad to a specific address a television ad to a specific address like a targeted address yeah like i give somebody an address and run the ad now first of all i think that that is a completely untapped market for pranks
0: definitely yeah i would love to do that <laughs>
1: just imagine you know you're you're sitting there and the tv just says your name <laughs>
0: No, I would love that. I wonder. I wonder how expensive that would be, like targeting a Pacific House like that.
1: That I could not tell you. I can tell you that it changes by the market. For example, um, it's more expensive to target people who are in HVAC than it is to target people, say, in um, who have an interest in blacksmith because there's more people who are going to need air conditioning repair so that market of people actually costs way more for the ad time interesting mm-hmm. that's why also political advertising gets extremely expensive up to the elections on television but oh, that I makes think sense though the cost per hit is for address targeted um address targeted um Positions. although I could give you the uh, advertisement um, guy's name off
0: air. Okay, that'd be definitely beneficial. That also, like, would be beneficial to you know you as well. You know, with the sign shop, because you could find out who the actual like specific business owners that you want to do like signage for. You could easily find their address online and specific ads just for them, but also make it seem like it's a actual like television campaign. Oh, really, it's just for that one address.
1: <laughs> I've, thought, I've thought about that before. And, like, you know, in political campaigns, that gets ridiculous. Like, uh, the lists we have available now, you know, when I was with the NRA, we had a list, and we knew whether or not somebody signed up at a gun club or at a gun show or if they're a concealed carry holder, and that's why they're on the list, like, or any number of those things. So, we had information on people down to their address That is honestly scary. Um, It's really good that, honestly, there's a lot of laws in place that do protect the individual from those organizations, but, like, the information that's
0: out there... Yeah, so the information people have on everyone is ridiculous.
1: Yes, 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 sir, it is is scary.
0: It really is. But that is really interesting, because I don't want to say that name a specific area, but if you remember when we were talking before we started this podcast podcast episode, I mentioned a specific community of people that I want to target as a financial advisor. And it'd be cool to like actually, you know, run like television ads like through like, you know, Sling T V or something like that. Targeting that one area itself. Absolutely. Yeah. It would drum I mean, up a lot of business actually.
1: Honestly, yeah, it would. Um, there's a way to basically do that where you know you can target down now with streaming services the way they are. You can again target down to the individual, but you can also target down to, you know, is this person between these ages? Is this person's income over a certain amount? Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like as detailed as Facebook advertising is, you can actually get more detailed with other services.
0: That's crazy. Cause Facebook does such a Like it's such a beneficial thing for like people that are marketing. It's like, yeah, you know, the user like complains that, um, you know, they harvest the data and all that stuff, which, you know, I get. But as someone like just think about like the marketing benefits, the amount of data they have that can like perfectly like position your ad to the perfect group is actually just from that once, like, you know, view as a marketer, amazing. Like how you can actually reach, because I can reach my exact target market with a Facebook ad, which, you know, would take me so much more money to reach these same number of people through other methods.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was on um, you know, again, I have to be careful what I say now, especially since I'm having our legal team write up some NDAs for all the members of the campaign, which I will sign as well, because you don't want some anybody to be able to say, well, he didn't have to sign one.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, um,
1: It basically came out that um, somebody was able to get an ad. One of our opponents was able to get an ad to 40,000 people.
0: Oh, wow. And that's
1: a lot. But the thing is, that was 40,000 people in Randolph County. um, Hopefully Randolph County. Now you can basically take that and you can ask yourself, all right, well, there's 100,000 people in Randolph County. In fact, there's more than that, I believe. Yeah, Take a guess at how many of that 40,000 is the 8,000 people. Well, 12,000 people that are probably going to vote in the sheriff's election in uh, March.
0: Probably less than half.
1: (laughs) That is a huge difference right there. Like, you're talking about there's 12,000 people, right? Yeah. There's a possibility that there's not a single person who gets that campaign ad that actually votes in the election. Now, that's that's not likely either, but that's the point is basically in 150,000 people say you know the odds of actually you know hitting one of those people just any of those 120,000 getting it is 40 and 120,000
0: 40,000 and 120,000 yeah also um, you have to keep in mind how many people that could actually possibly persuade into voting for that actual person Yeah. How many very people minuscule gonna,
1: exactly how many people are going to change their vote once that's the case Political campaigns, you're talking you need at least five voter contacts for them to remember your name. Well, three voter contacts for them to even remember your name, five voter contacts for them to actually consider you. Yeah. So even if your victory number, which, you know, in this campaign, I suppose the victory number technically is 50 plus one, which you could estimate at like 6,001, but nobody does that.
0: Yeah.
1: You all, you got to target higher than that, obviously, but like technically, at that number, you take six and multiply it by five, you have to make at least 30,000 voter contacts, and they can't even all be the same uh, the same type. Man, yeah. I should charge to be a campaign consultant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you should do that. I've always thought you should, like, actually pursue it from that aspect. Because there's so much, like, opportunity with consulting.
1: Absolutely, and that's, that's, again, what I like I like to do with the sign shop is I want to make clear to people, no, you're paying for uh, consultation more than you are the actual product. You're paying for it being done right and being what you need. Like, again, I've told people, I've sold stuff to people that it's, you know, I've suggested stuff that's actually more than what they were initially planning on spending because I knew it's what they needed, but also I've suggested things that are cheaper than other ways because I knew it's what we are getting. In fact, I've done things that are harder for me and the profit was about the same because I thought it was better than their business.
0: Yeah. Better than their business. Well, so that's what people actually like is they don't have to go out there and, you know, waste all that money on things that actually, you know, won't benefit them. But when it goes to consulting, right now, I'm just doing consulting work for individual people, which is beneficial because my goal is to get, you know, more people able to successfully retire. But I also think it'd be interesting to go up to businesses themselves and consult them on their fan- like finances and like managing the actual like business. But also like insurance companies is something that jumps out of me. Like advising insurance companies on how to like manage their flow and increase that method of revenue. I think would be so much fun to actually go do. Absolutely. I see reading um, well, it was actually it was based off of the book called The Snowball. But I listened to a podcast series about you know Warren Buffett, and the amount of opportunity that he had to grow because of all the flow insurance companies have was amazing. And being able to like advise that, that's where there's such a huge opportunity for that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Like, consulting is a huge market right now because in this world, it's more information than it is anything else. Like, even... Even only 20 years ago, there was a fee that came with investing in the stock market that effectively made it so that
0: it was cut off from people like us. Yeah.
1: And it's not like we're poor or anything. It's just that unless you had $10,000 ready to go, it didn't make sense to.
0: Exactly. Also, like, um, now, like, if, you know, let's say you wanted a share of Amazon. You know, Amazon's a pretty pricey stock, which means most people cannot afford to buy it but now you know people that only are investing let's say 500 bucks a month can put that into amazon because partial shares exist through different brokerage brokerages which used to not be a thing like now it's been made so much easier for people our age to get into the stock market through you know stuff like partial shares zero percent like commission on trading it's amazing
1: yeah, absolutely, and it comes from uh, it comes from basically a world of more and more people who are living wealthier, smarter. There's never been a better time to be alive than right now. Agreed. And so, what has become the nature of success? You know, what has become the decider in who is successful and who is not is information. Yeah. So, consulting has become very important because. You're paying for experience that you don't have, and that's going to be something really big for um, you know this up and coming generation. Is if you have a business and you're younger, you need to be finding people who have experienced the same issues, but are also really good at applying the issues of the past to today, who understand those trends.
0: I say, it was definitely like, um, I mean, investing was always something I was interested in doing, but I started when I actually talked to someone who was. A money manager who once like managed over a billion dollars in cash and after talking to that guy and learning from him like he gave me a lot of advice on go ahead and get started and that was a big reason why I bought my first stock and actually like pursued this kind of work so it's like the information that I was able to develop and learn from greatly influenced everything that I've done up to this point
1: yeah absolutely and uh and you know same here like you know the conversations i've had with uh, people whether it be the sheriff or um you know the chair of the party or the chair of the party in harnett or the chair you know like there's so many people i've talked to you know people who were my bosses at one point um you know like all these people have been you know you know paramount to my learning the um today
0: well it's also like important for um And this is for, like, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, have a financial advisor, financial consultant that they, you know, go to regularly to help them with their finances. But a lot of them, unless they're actually getting, like, you know, an overall fee or charging, like, a base rate to do the financial advisement, a lot of them are making their money through commission from, like, trading stocks to the people they're advising. So instead of actually doing or giving the advice that helps the person they most, they give the advice on what stocks to buy, judging by what. One will make them the highest commission, and that's something I feel like people don't realize. We actually can pursue someone that's consulting you. Make sure they benefit from you actually doing well, and not just benefit regardless of how you end up. Absolutely,
1: you know. I mean, in the in the case of the sign shop, you know, we have a name for ourselves that we have to maintain. Yeah, yeah. if somebody goes out and talks crap about us, you know, we're talking about a small town. That's no. Um, if we screw somebody over, that's known. So when I tell somebody that I think they need something, I believe they need And, you know, I, th- I think a lot of that is they can tell I'm being honest. They can look me in the eye and see that.
0: Well, they also um, know the reputation of the sign shop to begin with.
1: Exactly. So, you know, that, that's a huge deal because if that's ruined, you know, we're ruined. And so, you know, obviously I'm an honest person, so I don't really need that check and balance. At the same yeah. time, though, know, um, there's a check and balance here that you're not going to get as much online because the internet is a place where credibility is very much so a commodity.
0: Yeah, definitely. But that's one thing that's important for like me as well is when I do, you know, financial consulting, financial advisement, you know, start this like financial education business. There's definitely an incentive for me to actually, you know, provide the advice and assistance and like, you know, help people in a way that I actually is beneficial because it doesn't, especially at the stage I'm at right now, it doesn't take too many unhappy clients to completely ruin everything that I'm trying to build. Like, I definitely have an incentive to do a good job in this situation. I'm so few and like, the actual, like, you know, amount of people that I need to hire my work. Like, there has to be, you know, basically have to do a good job to succeed at what I'm trying to do. Right
1: no exactly so there is a bit of the free market that goes into you know being successful
0: as a consultant definitely um, but yeah like there's conflicts of
1: interest i see quite a bit like um in fact one of the most obvious ones the most glaring ones is uh teachers and uh add medication I mean, that's a, that's a whole different subject but um yeah we see that every day with um different groups of people regarding um you know like how they actually you know, make their money. Is if somebody is making a commission on something, probably don't necessarily believe them right away. You know, have them show you the numbers, have them explain why. And uh, Warren Buffett actually gives really good advice. He says, if you don't understand something, don't invest in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, like it's um, that's the thing. It's like when you, especially when, like when you try to invest in something, you need to actually study the company, learn as much as you possibly can. And if someone's making a commission from getting you to do something, they're going to try to get you to do it whether it benefits you or doesn't. Like if right now you ask me for, you know, like what stock market, you know, platform we should be trading on, and I give you mine with an affiliate link, you know, I'll, like obviously there's a reason I'm giving you that one. That's because if you sign up, i benefit.
1: Absolutely. And that doesn't even mean it's necessarily a bad link, but it does mean I need to make sure that that's the one for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I use SoFi for investing. Well, I use other apps as well, but mostly use SoFi for investing. So it's like if someone you know asks me for an investing app they should use, I do have a referral link for SoFi. I also have a referral link for every investing app, but you know I do have a referral link for SoFi. So that is one that I pitch. But when I pitch SoFi, I explain why I use SoFi, and then I also show information on the other ones as well. So if there is another one that benefits them more than SoFi would... They also see the information for that one.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know, when I uh, when I tell somebody options, yeah, I'll tell them the good option, the better option, and the best option. You know, I'll show them what I think they need. I'll also show them the option where it's like, look, they just honestly can't afford the one right now, which honestly in many cases I think they can't afford not to do the best one, but also sometimes there's just some people who don't have the cash flow to be able to do what they need to do right now, and they need to do that later. So, you know, I show them, you know, their options and everything. I make sure they understand what they're going to pay for every one of those options, and I want to make sure they understand what the return on investment is going to be.
0: Yeah. I I get that. uh, I I especially get that because there is sometimes when I know one thing would benefit them a lot more than the other, but they just don't have the means to actually do so, which is always sad to see, or even if they not, it's not even that they don't have the means they don't. Think they have the means to do so, but that's the thing—you got to get them in what actually fits their budget.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, there's just a case where, you know, you have to vet them for, you know, what you need to suggest for them as well. You know, some some people, it actually is going to be helpful to give them the little bit of advice rather than the, you know, the big the big one.
0: I say, like at the campground I sell at, there's been a lot of times where it's like I laid out, you know, the different options that they have. And there was definitely one that fits their need way better than the other ones, but they just can't afford to do it.
1: Yep. No, I've, I've seen that as well. You know, I mean, honestly, almost every service business needs a uh, full wrap on their car. Um, it makes them noticeable. So if you're uh, like, if you're actually out, you know, if you're a mowing company and you have a full wrap on your vehicle, you are noticed. People will see you. It's easy. You know, it's eye-catching. You'll get more business from local areas. Which is really good because service businesses often make money by having a route or you know a route that they go and do the service everywhere so it's really important
0: and also establishes you as a brand to begin with i mean me and you both know branding is everything if you can create a brand that people know and associate with a different thing like especially if you're doing like a lawn care business you want that every time someone in that area looks at their grass they think of your business like when someone's like hey you need to mow your your yard you think of the business themselves, and the only way you can do that is by achieving a level of branding. And by having, you know, a rap car that people actually see and puts that brand name in their head, that's the name they go to when they look at the grass the next time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one one group of guys that I'm doing stuff for is actually a, a certain rap I've designed, and um, they're they actually building a fleet. Yeah, and the way they actually make business is uh, they, you, they get the first person who looked for a plumber, right? They use, a, they use an app for that. And then once they go do the first amount of work, they're in an area that's likely to have a lot of problems because the way neighborhoods are built, all the houses were built at a certain time. So if one of them starts having plumbing problems, all of them are due to have those same problems.
0: That's interesting. So
1: having a good wrap on the vehicle is extremely important to being able to actually build the revenue you need from each one of those neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, because they're each having that problem right then, and they see you in their neighborhood working, they see the brand name, it's amazing.
1: Exactly, like, you're not, and if your neighbor speaks well of you, you know, if their neighbor speaks well of you at that point, you're not, they're not gonna call anybody else but you.
0: Yeah, exactly, because they actually, there'd be no reason to, they know that you're the one who does the good job, they know the one like they that like you're the one who actually fixed the problem in their neighborhood. You're obviously it, it. makes no sense to go to anyone else at that point.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's what I'm hoping happens for me with like you know financial advisement consulting, is that when I go to people and help them you know build a budget, like learn to invest and in like save for retirement, that when other people voice those same concerns, they instantly. But well, they instantly bring me up because they know what I did for them. Which, I mean, this thing, is it's not like, um, yes, I do have, you know, obviously a certain target market. But there are very few people who cannot benefit from learning how to invest and actually build wealth to retire off of. So that is something that people do voice problems for quite a bit. And by getting word of mouth, like happy clients, it makes sense. That's going to be a, a key factor in my growth.
1: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, honestly, like what we what we talked about today is uh, even though like we kind of have some different ways that we've gotten clients and stuff, there really seems to be kind of just two ways of that. And that is uh, clients that you seek out and clients that seeks you out.
0: Exactly. And here's the thing that I noticed. I actually noticed this from doing this podcast episode. We have different. Or well, we basically did different tactics to build our initial client base. I did a more digital sense. You did a more you know, traditional, like, you know, organic sense. But one thing we do have in common is the way we kept getting clients, which was by, well, doing a good job and having that word of mouth association. So we did different things to get our first clients. But the reason we keep getting clients is the same way.
1: Absolutely. And you gotta keep in mind the sign shops clients were got, like the initial base of clients were actually built. This the business was started in nineteen ninety seven. So we have converted into the digital world from there. In fact, there's uh, several occasions where there's a reason that we went from being, you know, nothing to the kind of uh you know, one of the biggest ones in the area. Yeah, and that was via making the right decisions. Based on um, you know the new technologies at the time, because the sign industry as we know it is actually fairly new, and um, you know we actually made the bet on the right printer at the right time. Uh, the former biggest guy in town closed down because at the same time that we got our printer, he paid for a hundred and something thousand dollar monster that ended up outdated in a couple years, and it got to the point when an 08 hit he could not actually do the cheap signs. Oh, wow. He ended up having to sell off because he lost his major clients because he wasn't able to actually fulfill the needs at the time because he had invested too much into a piece of equipment that became outdated. And, um, same with the other company that we ended up buying out. Cause at that time it was signs and designs, being signs and, um, stone tree signs and, uh, able custom signs. Well, Able Custom Signs slowly shrunk and we ended up buying up what was less of them, which honestly the best thing we got from them was the employees. Um, but their, the reason they failed was they made a bet on something called a flatbed printer, which for this basically again it came back to that technology wasn't ready at the price point they got it, and it broke down on them so much that they ended up having to pay us for signs in many cases. <laughs> so we ended up you know, effectively buying them out eventually because eventually, you know, the owner just got tired of handling it.
0: Um, So Stone Tree Signs really just was better at actually, like, innovating, keeping up with, like, the current market trends.
1: Absolutely. Honestly, I think it it goes back to um, uh, my parents, my, my mom especially. It's like, whenever it came to business, for whatever reason, her gut feeling on the technology she was looking at was always right so she made a bet on the right thing several times at several key points in the industry that's grown our business too i think we're set to do one and a half million this year
0: that's really good i think that's definitely the key is actually knowing how to innovate and keep up with the times because you look at like any successful business and that's why they are successful is that they what they started off doing and what they're doing now are a lot different. They're able to innovate, like keep going and like keep projecting. Like, you know, like Facebook, for instance, started off as, you know, just a platform for colleges. Then they shifted to everyone. And then after, you know, certain groups start forming on Facebook and certain new generations start not using it, they were able to buy out the platforms they were using and build upon that. And now they're doing like virtual reality. And so, like keeping up with the current trends that's how you actually remain the top
1: absolutely so you know we built a different we built an initial uh base in different ways like you like you um like you say yeah uh we built clients you know via we built clients organically but one was via um you know technology the other was via a sign on the road (laughs) um so that's a little bit of difference between the two time periods kind of combining right there but then once you get to that point, effectively your work speaks for itself. Yeah. So the best form of marketing, and the best form of like getting clients, is word of mouth from somebody who's happy with you.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, um, that's one thing. Well, my dad's done really well because he has a construction business, and so much of his business has been by like his clients bragging about him to their friends. Like a lot of time, he'll be doing a job. The neighbors will come up to him. They'd be like, this looks amazing. Can you do this for our house? And he's basically, like, through no paid advertising at all, just people being happy with what he does, maintained a very successful business. And that's something I've always strived to do. Like, I noticed, like, back when I was, you know, doing some work with him, there'd be a lot of times where we'd be working on something, You know, something wouldn't be, like, exactly right, but it's something that the homeowners would never notice. And he'd be, like, fixing it, and I asked him, I said, why? They'll never notice that it's wrong. And he said, yes, but if we do something, there's no reason not to do it right. And that's something that's always, like, stuck with me when I do anything, is that if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, um, there's a level of work that you put into it, and people recognize that. That's why he's able to get enough work to basically not have to spend much on marketing.
0: Yeah, he actually doesn't spend anything on paid marketing. Like, when he first started the business, so, like, the first month, he ran newspaper ads because that's how people advertised back then. And then everything that's happened from then on has been through either connections or word of mouth. Like, people that he knows that have hired him to do certain jobs, and now, you know, he hires them... Or people that are just happy with the work, and since he's in, you know, select communities, it's actually been amazing. Like watching, like every time I was working with them, I would just be doing a job, and people just walk right up to him and get ask him to do more work for them. And I thought that was so amazing to see. And obviously, I'm not going against paid marketing, especially digital marketing. I think that's, I think every or most businesses need have that strategy. But by having effective Word of mouth. You can build so many clients without spending a dime.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think um, digital marketing is for scale. Yeah. So, like, And that's what I've noticed with the sign shop is if we wanted to stay our current size, we would not have to spend $1 on marketing from now till kingdom come. Yeah. Obviously I want to grow and I kind of want to transition into getting more revenue guaranteed per month that we don't have to sell on a regular basis so I want to move into advertising and I want to move into uh, you know coordinating you know advertisement between people who have space to advertise and people who want to advertise um, so there's things you know you can do to make you know business more passive and stuff but the, the point remains is getting clients on that we're probably going to actually have to advertise for but we are currently, you know, at the point where we can do that via word of mouth.
0: Yeah, I so that's kind of how my dad's progress done. He's been able to scale through word of mouth. I do think that advertising, especially like through digital marketing, allows you to reach a certain customer base that you would have never otherwise been allowed to reach, and I definitely do believe that you know if you're trying to massively grow the business, reaching these communities that you would never be able to reach through other organic methods is important. But I also do think that um, I I do think organic marketing is a lot harder, but also extremely beneficial, especially for people that are you know starting businesses while in school and don't necessarily have much money to actually use for advertising. Because when I was first starting my blogs. I had no money to do any digital marketing, marketing with at all. But instead, I went to you know, let's say like Facebook ads. I couldn't run Facebook ads, but I could go to Facebook groups built around topics I was writing about and market my blog through that. Obviously, not in a you know spammy sense, but more of like interacting with the community, letting people know who I am, and then showing them my blog. And that's really was huge for how i got started
1: right no i I could definitely see that being um again successful
0: yeah again you should like you know obviously advertising is extremely important but there are so many ways to organically market and get people interested in what you're doing without spending a dime doing so
1: absolutely absolutely and there's there is a point again like where um basically getting new clients via marketing and via digital marketing and stuff should be more for actually growing your business. So it's like you've figured out your proof of concept. You've gotten a certain amount of revenue coming in, you know, monthly. You have, you know, an extra amount of money there. And you have a process that is scalable. And then once you have the process that's scalable, that's where you actually want to go heavily into marketing. Because even if you lose in the short term, like even if you're at a negative for it, it pays off in the long run, and you'll see a lot of growth. That's actually what Jeff Bezos did to build Amazon,
0: and obviously that was you know very successful.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, Amazon is um, quite.
0: Yeah, they're, they're 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 doing well, but I also think it's important to um, get as much from your current customer base as possible. And what I mean by that is find ways to grow through them organically. There was one guy who you know I heard the story, and he started a restaurant. And what he did was when people would go into the restaurant, he'd offer them a free Coke if they liked his Facebook page. And of course they all did, because it takes two seconds and get a free drink. Which you know cost him like a few cents each time. Anyway, through doing that, he ends up getting a massive customer base on Facebook that he never paid what besides you know like the few cents it takes for the Coke each cup, he didn't really pay anything for. And he had this whole base to run promotions, which because there's so many people follow us, so many people like and everything, Facebook ends up pushing that content out to people because they see it as popular. So he was able to make so much money just from his current customer base and actually getting them to respond to what he was doing. So when you have people that are you know interacting with you, like it's probably good for like you know, you had the sign shop too and interact with people. Have them like like the Facebook page, like follow the Instagram accounts, and then every time you do anything, anytime you run any kind of like sales promotion, you can instantly market to him without him without paying anything.
1: Right. No, that's um, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, yeah, building that up with
0: building a Facebook following in Ashboro is actually a great idea. Yeah, especially like I don't. I think that's such an interesting like idea. Is getting that's one thing I try to do too, you know, when I work with different people, is getting them to follow the different accounts that I have. Because then when I do have, you know, let's say I'm doing something like you know, have put something like a promotion, I can easily reach them without paying anything. Like finding ways to like cheaply market, I think is pretty important because you can scale with by spending As little as possible really
1: absolutely building a uh, building a market that you can freely uh, you know look at is incredible
0: Yeah, so that's what I noticed a lot of um or not really VCs but people that own rolling funds are doing like a lot of times you see like a uh, social media star now starting a rolling fund and then when they invest in you know the products instead of doing the traditional marketing sense they just market them to their current followers without paying anything, and then bl- blow up their valuations. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing. Kevin O'Leary was actually like talking about that. Is that so? Like, if I was raising money, you know, for a business I was starting, and I go to a VC and I go to Kevin O'Leary, Kevin O'Leary can get far more equity in my company than the VC could. Because Kevin O'Leary has millions of followers, he can get to buy my products, which is worth. So that means his money is worth way more than most VC's money.
1: Right, because he has that free like uh, marketing base, which is honestly a great point. That's actually honestly kind of the principle I'm using with the Carolina Conservatives is like having an audience there of uh, Republican primary primary voters makes it a very expensive ad for certain campaigns.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like, think about it. if someone's running, you know, in North Carolina and you have, you know, their voter base actually like following your Facebook page, they can essentially just pay you for an ad without having to run, you know, Facebook ads targeting everyone because they're all right there. So instead of doing like a huge marketing campaign, they can just go to you.
1: Absolutely. And that would be a huge deal. Honestly, my long-term plan is to get it to where you have several candidates effectively courting you for those endorsements on a big level, which I've already already—I've already had happen. Like, we have like 600 followers. I've already had that happen with some you know lower, smaller candidates because an endorsement is something from an official source regarding how big it is. It makes your campaign official. So I've already had some, some smaller groups reach out and ask for endorsements.
0: It also sounds good, too, for the people that are actually... Considering voting because we hear like person that is running was endorsed, you know, by a you know follow news aggregator, it brings credibility.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like um, cred- the credibility of being on that source at resource and everything is awesome. Which uh, again, I'm not going to directly sell uh, endorsements, but at the same time, selling ad space and then actually having a chance to talk to the candidates. There's also a certain amount of power that goes into that, where a candidate would potentially change their opinion on one or two issues if they thought it would be more likely to get, um, you know, our endorsement, which could very well be the difference between having a candidate who comes on who's pro, you know, certain things I don't like or anti certain things, certain things I don't like.
0: Well, I don't know if you considered this aspect, but with you know conservatives usually being a typical you know, older audience. North Carolina companies that are targeting that specific market. So not each companies have anything to do with politics itself. Just companies targeting you know an older market in North Carolina could run ads through you that have nothing to do with politics at all, and pay you to run their ads because you have their target market. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, an audience is a. Uh... An audience is an amazing thing because you can help the audience. You're helping the audience, but it's also uh, you're also able to use that as a, a reason for companies to pay you to be able to get to them.
0: I would say, in today's world, having an audience is so valuable. If you can, and I always tell people, if you can, if there's anything that you like and are passionate about, if you can start like a blog, YouTube channel, anything at all for that. And so, something you already enjoy doing, and build an audience through that, you can set your up. Yeah, you can set yourself up financially, forever. Really, like if you can just build that audience, you have a business. Absolutely. That's one thing I always like. I always tell everyone that you know talks about you know starting a business, but not having the funds to do so. All one has to like, if if anyone wants to learn marketing, the best way to learn marketing is to market. And if you want to market something, literally just make a website built around something that you're interested in already. Put a blog on there and write about the things that you're interested in. Or create YouTube videos, anything. And by doing that, market the actual website. And there you have a business.
1: No, absolutely. Like, that's the thing, is building up that... um building up that, you know, audience and everything. And, um, honestly, it's like this, even if you start tomorrow and you don't know a lot about the subject, it's okay to actually just document yourself learning about the subject. If in fact, one of our first episodes, we were like, well, I I don't, I don't think LinkedIn is anywhere close on that list of being one of the best social media. So we actually found out it's something like, wasn't it a $1.2 billion value or
0: something? I I love how I love how the LinkedIn video, or yeah, not a video. I love that the LinkedIn podcast episode was completely accidental, <laughs> because neither like we were both started the episode with a completely different opinion than where we ended up at the end.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but the thing is like, and you know, I think anybody who watched it enjoyed it. So, you know, if if you want to document your path, people like to see growth. You know, like they do. When have a little, you know, I mean, I can tell you, like, look. I have $150 in the stock market right now that I didn't have in on the last episode. Yeah. And, you know, look, in a couple months, that'll be more. In a couple months, that'll hopefully be even more. So, like, it's, you know, you're watching a personal growth, and people love to see that personal growth.
0: Yeah, say, if they can get caught up in the story, they'll start rooting for you. And when they start rooting for you, when you do, you know, start different projects... They have an incentive to actually financially benefit you because they want you to succeed, so they'd be more willing to actually help that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um building building that audience, building an audience like that, and then again, that's that's your core supporters. That's your um that is your base that's gonna like le- follow you into other aspects, other opportunities, other um you know, building that clientele, and that's the core that's gonna follow you everywhere.
0: Honestly, so I think we pretty well you know, covered the topic. Is there any final thoughts that you have on this?
1: Honestly, uh, no. I'd say that went pretty well. I um, like I say it's like you know the big one is uh, organically, you know, helping people. Um, there's no, there's nothing you can do better than that. But as far as actually getting people there in the first place, um, you know, getting people via you know other you know, ads, whether that be physical, a sign on the road, or um, digital advertising.
0: And I guess my final thoughts would be make something. Try to get as many people to see it as possible by spending as little as possible. And then when you make money from it, invest as much as you can into growing that. And that is how you can actually build something.
1: Absolutely. You know, once you get a self-sufficient audience, you know, you're you're in the clear.
0: So I know that was kind of like a quick summer best thing. If you can build something and gain a following around it, You'll be set for life. Absolutely. Anyway, as always, you can follow me on social media at CWT Business. You can follow Corey at. Ah,
1: uh, Corey. Uh, on Twitter at at, Cor- at Corey because I lost the initial Twitter account handle. <laughs> so yeah, that that kind of sucks. Also, Carolina Conservatives on Face Facebook. Go and uh, leave us a like there. We love the support, and
0: uh, we're growing every day. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.